Thank you so much for coming this morning or staying for the Sunday school class. Um, each year during our Good of the Bluegrass Conference, we, uh, we try to wrap it up by having a conversation uh, with the, the man or woman who is the, the main speaker, which conveniently is Robert. Um, but also one of the things we've done historically is invited one of our missions partners to come and be a part of this conference. So uh, Taras was here several years ago, Andy Longwe was here several years ago, Macklin's been here. And so Macklin is, has been here for a couple weeks. And uh, the, one of the reasons we do this, and just a, a simple plug for our missions partners, one of, the, one of the highest values we have of our missions partnerships is that they're reciprocal. That it's not just the American church uh, giving resources or taking trips to be a part of that, but we, we really benefit in more ways than I could even tell you from Macklin and his ministry impacting our church and getting their uh, theology, missiology about what God's doing in the world. And it's part of the reasons why we're doing this today is to have an, an outside uh, of America, an African perspective on gender and sexuality is, 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 is important for us. It really is. We're a part of a global church. Uh, this is not the church in America only. This is a, this is a global church. So we wanted to to do that. Um, so there's a couple of housekeeping things. For those of you that were at the conference, those of you that weren't, I'm getting a lot of questions about are, they, are there recordings? Yes, they are recorded. But we decided to uh, first preserve the integrity of those who paid to be here to get first rights access to that. So note to yourself, if you want to hear the conference in an immediate form, pay to come next year. <laughs> Don't sit at home. Don't wait on the recordings. Come. Uh, it's fun. We had a great time. Ask anybody. Uh, I had to told stupid jokes. We had great meals. Uh, the band was amazing. Uh, we had a great time. So come to the conference. Second, we wanted to, to provide, because of the nature of the topic, we wanted, the pastoral team wanted the right to edit uh, anything that might need editing. If Robert said genitals one too many times, we wanted to be able to edit that out if we needed to. That's, if you weren't at the conference, that's the running joke. Uh, not really a joke, it was, it was very appropriate, but uh, we wanted the right to, to edit what we might need so, so that we can release them out. And yes, there will be immediate and long-term follow-up to what Robert shared, both in podcast, both in writing, both in teaching, both in counseling, so it, it, a, lot, a lot's coming out, so be ready for that. And, and yes, the recordings in the next week or two will be released and you can listen to them as you want. You can forward them to your friends for that. So, uh, in light of that, brother, thank you for your hard work. We all benefited from it, and we're going to benefit for years, so thank you for that. Yeah, that'd be great. Give okay, so here's, here's how we kind of kind of do this. Um, we just asked Macklin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically say, Macklin, uh, you've, you've been in ministry for 30 years. You're a 52-year-old man who lives in Africa. You've lived 10 years in the United States. You sat through a week-long conference on sex and gender. We would just love to hear you say, how did God, what did God do in you? What did God do in your understanding of how we can benefit from this? And then even what is the African context for some of the things that we're talking about? I know that's a lot, but I know you've got plenty to say. And so I'm just going to give you the floor. And then Robert and I are just probably going to ask you questions uh, as we go through this morning. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know you want to take a couple of minutes of personal privilege first, so go ahead. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for this uh, opportunity. Uh, in 2000, 
two, when we first landed in Lexington, Kentucky, without friends, without family, Rose and I uh, didn't know that God was about to take us in a journey. And Test Creek has been a big, big blessing for us. Uh, I didn't speak English. Uh, my first language is French. So we went through UK to take ESL classes and then went to Asbury, then moved to St. Louis, Missouri uh, at Covenant Seminary. And 12 years ago, God called us back home to, to minister to our people. And I wanna, before God this morning, thank you all for this uh, partnership, for this friendship, and thank you for coming uh, to be part of what God is doing in West Africa. Maybe one important thing I wanna say about our West Africa place, uh, West Africa has become the safe heaven for Islam. And uh, if the church, if we don't change our mission approach, how to do things, uh, Boko Haram and all those jihadist movement are gonna really, really uh, uh, destroy so many lives. I plead, please keep praying for this uh, continent that is beautiful, rich, but so much exploited by many staff that you can't even imagine. I am thankful to be back home. Uh, my daughter Benita was born in Lexington. She's always reminding me she's from Lexington. <laughs> and uh, I bring you all the warm greetings of my wife, Rose, and uh, the two kids that we had in US, and the five adopted kids that we added to the family. And to all the staff, we have 30 people on staff. Uh, God is at work beyond what we would have imagined. Thank you for coming, and uh, uh, what I heard this week, I want to first uh, confess that this is probably uh, the first time I'm hearing a sound theological, if I can put it, uh, about sex. The way you present it, I, mean, I never heard that. Not that I know, I know nothing about it, but the way you presented the team and how you led the, the, the conference. I'm really personally moved. And this is bringing another perspective in the way we see the sex and how we can help our brothers and sisters back home. One scripture I wanna add to what I have heard is from John 16, verse eight says, and when he come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Uh, this is the Holy Spirit job, to convince people about sin. It's not our 
business. Uh, sometimes we, we miss that. We think that we can argument, mm -hmm. give some sound word to allow people to be in line with what we believe. Uh, I, I don't think this is what Jesus is teaching us. For somebody to know that this is sin is the work, is the work of the Holy Spirit. Our part is to preach the gospel, to love people. And uh, this reminds me when Jesus went to this man's house, uh, Zacchaeus. He didn't say a word. He was in the room, just he loved the man. And guess what? This convinced mm -hmm. uh, Lazarus, Zacchaeus, to say, wow, I need to repent. Uh, here in the US, what I will suggest again and again to the church is to really seek more and more the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. And to love them, no matter their sexual orientation, they are created in God's image. We all are created in God's image. We all struggle with sex. There's nobody. If somebody in this room wanna say, hey, I don't have a problem with that, I will maybe step out, because you are, you are lying to yourself. <laughs> all of us need help. Yeah. And uh, uh, I pray that God will use all the material we have heard to love one another, to minister to one another, and to let the Holy Spirit do the work in us. So this is... Uh, do you, do you, are, are you saying that as a particular application to us because you notice that in America, like you notice the American church trying to argue people out of their sin. Well, uh, I, I have, I've got a sense that when you start talking about this topic, I mean, the room will change. Mm -hmm. People are so defensive, mm -hmm. or they will feel offended, and uh, uh, it's, it's really complicated when we try to discuss the topic, mm -hmm. and to be in the back room asking the spirit to lead. You know, the church in Africa, one of the things that probably uh, we won't take it for granted is the spirit of prayer. We pray. Yeah, you do. We pray, we pray a lot. When an African say, Lord, uh, give me my daily bread, he means it. He, he would pray. Uh, so, for us to, uh, to put more some emphasis on it, yeah. uh, to call the church to pray about this question, I think it's gonna really help. You can bring all the sound doctrine, yeah. people will still reject it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is how I say it uh, from outside. When somebody is convinced by the spirit, you don't even need to to tell him this is wrong. He will come to his sense. The veil will, will go, mm -hmm. and he will surrender to God. This is how I say it. 
All right, so I'd love to hear y'all sort of banter about, so Robert this week did uh, the first R I just drew a blank on. It was redirection revelation, of revelation. The, the revelation of Eros, the redirection of Eros, and then the resurrection of Eros. And so, uh, you know, the, the verse that, that he kept using was, as, uh, in, in the beginning, it was not so. Um, oftentimes, what, we've, what I've noticed is when, you, when I visit with you, your lens of what's happening in America, you tend to see it as, oh, this is where the world is sort of headed in a dangerous way. Um, so speak prophetically into what you see as our, uh, it wasn't in the beginning, and this is how it's kind of been redirected in Eros, from your outside perspective coming in, and then you can add to that. It wasn't at the beginning, and I really love the way you put it, you frame it, uh, during the week. Uh, we need to acknowledge that whatever America put out there, leads the world. When people say things from America, they will say, oh, this is probably the, uh, uh, the best thing to do. So our young people right now will be on internet, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. TikTok, and uh, they will- Macklin's on TikTok. I am. You're I will on, say why. You're on TikTok? I will tell you why. Are you <laughs> dancing on TikTok? No, I'm not dancing. <laughs> uh, so they will uh, follow the lead of America. Still, there are voices back home who will stand up and say, no, this is not right. Like when uh, we heard about the, the marriage between uh, two men, two priests or two pastors, I think in the world, the church in Africa stood up and said no. We disagree. And this is probably the, the position of the church as uh, the African church. You're talking about the, with, within the Anglican yeah, tradition. Yeah, the Anglican it, church. For, when, they, for yeah. those that don't know, there was a huge split in the Episcopal tradition yes. over um, sexuality, and it was Africa Who that said stood it? up to America and, and said, said no. we're, not, we're not doing this. Yeah. And one other thing that uh, happened in the past was, uh, I would say the, the, the politics involvement in it. Yeah. You know, we have been uh, hearing from presidents uh, from America or Europe who will come to Africa and say, hey, if you don't agree on same-sex marriage, we will not uh, give you funds or any kind of help. Some president, from Africa said, no, you can keep your money. We will not go there. Culturally, uh, same-sex marriage is viewed as bad, period. Uh, does it mean we don't have it? No, we do. Uh, people have same-sex attraction. Uh, one of our pastors, uh, from Methodist Church in Togo, did a research for like years. He came out with uh, some astonishing revelations. And we noticed that in Togo alone, two main cities have the greatest population of 
same-sex uh, relations. And uh, we were surprised to know that the two cities have something in common. The voodoo, the voodoo temples, where they will bring like young men uh, to put them like in a uh, retreat for month, will develop that uh, attraction, same-sex attraction. And Kara was uh, our president, uh, home city, because of what they are doing every year uh, in terms of traditions, uh, the same-sex attraction and reality became something that people noticed. So we have lesbians, gay people in Africa. If somebody say that we don't have it, it's a lie, it's there. But the, uh, the weight of the society, the culture, will not allow you to speak out or to say, hey, uh, I struggle with this or yeah. uh, 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 I need help. It's like uh, the witchcraft spirit. People have witch. They will never come out to say, hey, I need help because of how the society view it. It's bad, this is wrong. Uh, you cannot even say uh, that you are from this family and you have this. So people will hide that, they will hide, and uh, they will struggle with it. But and I, I remember you telling me one time that uh, you don't like you, you, you don't like Americans telling Africans what they should believe, but that you do think one thing that is a good development in America in this issue is that at least people are able to have the conversation and talk about it. And, yeah. and if, you know, for those, I call them the, the exiles of the sexual revolution, is, is those who have same-sex attraction and... and it's unwanted, and they want to actually talk about this and, and, and get, um, get some therapy and, and, and whatnot. We're able to do that, and, and you're not able to do that in your culture. Yes. And that's one thing you think is good that we should appreciate, is at least we're allowed to have the conversation. Yes. Maybe you, you all take it for granted, the freedom of speech, yeah. to say what you believe, what you think. Uh, it's not... Uh, uh, the same thing in every part of the world. There are things you cannot say. Uh, even as I'm talking about Togo, uh, people who are following, if I say something that is not appropriate, I can be in trouble. And we, we don't have that here. So yeah. it's a good thing to have this, this uh, freedom of speech and this openness, yeah. uh, to be open to dialogue. Uh, so people can, can come to you or ask for help. Back home, how will you start to tell your father or your mom that you have same-sex attraction? We don't even talk about sex. It's taboo. Uh, I struggle with that, with my daughters. I'm like, how am I going to at least start talking about it with them? Mm -hmm. and it has been really difficult. Uh, one day I was praying and I said, Lord, I think I need to break the glass. 
and make sure that my kids are in good, uh, how do we say it? They are good being taken care of. Mm -hmm. So I use the story of Mary, who, who is a virgin. Mm -hmm. So from the uh, virgin story narrative, I was able to go in the topic and it became uh, the, church, the church discussion among us. So we started talking about it. This is not common. Even to talk about sex in the church, you, you will only hear about uh, don't commit adultery, don't fornicate, that's it. Yeah. Uh, those who struggle like, for, with pornography or uh, same-sex attraction or anything, you won't hear that in the church. So that, that's something you think is good here. Yes. But I've also heard you lament. Now, I know your context is more French imperialism. Oh, yeah. uh, you don't like the French. <laughs> the uh, word... <laughs> because you said it, I got to maybe make it clear. <laughs> uh, I love French people. I, I know that. I know that. But I hate French politics. Right. In the 60s, we, they said we have been independent. We have only national anthem and a flag. Our money is printed in, in France. And uh, most of the leaders are picked by France. Before even the vote, we know the result. And all the multi-business uh, corporations have the full control of French-speaking countries. You won't even see one French country in Africa who is really developed. No. So... Uh, it and I can get you going on French politics. That's not sure. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So yours is more French imperialism, not British imperialism, American. But the idea, an apologetic I use in our culture a lot on this topic, is we fail to appreciate how white, Western, elite, educated, wealthy, the, the sexual stuff is. And and that, that it's so arrogant for us to come to Africans and say, you are so unenlightened, you're so archaic on sexuality, and you need to learn from us. Um, it, it, I, I would love, I always make that apologetic, but it, it, would nice, it'd be, it would help my apologetic if I actually had somebody who feels that tension of America always telling the rest of the world what they should think and believe and, and how that comes across to you. I, I, well, maybe I will reframe that. It's not like we are receiving some dictate from outsiders, but the world culture is led by America. Right. You know, the way we dress, the way we uh, even talk. Uh, everyone, everybody want to do like an Americans. You know, especially the young generation. So this is a world thing. Not that uh, you are coming to tell us how bad we are or how things are not working from our end. We can see it and relate to that and make our own apologetics. You know? yep. uh, but it's both ways. When you are in Africa, 
One thing I always voice. I will tell you, there are things you will never understand. I can sit with another African or another guy from Togo. We will do a scene of communication. You won't get it. And here we see people who will come and stay in hotels. After one week or two, they will come back here and say they are expert. You are expert on what? <laughs> Nothing. You just say things on surface. So it's not going to be a good approach for somebody who uh, comes in and starts saying things and without uh, understanding what is going on. Let me give you one, one uh, illustration. In our village, men don't care if a woman has her breast out. Nobody cares. And uh, when I have my American friend in the village, as soon as they see that, they say, whoa, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Who cares? You know, uh, going somewhere with your frame, your, I mean, you're saying things from your glass. Mm -hmm. It's your, your lens, yeah. It's gonna ruin the work on the ground. So when you come, I will make sure that uh, things will go in between us, talking and sharing, asking questions, uh, asking to understand why we do things like that. There's a meaning. That will help. If you come and you start saying things, and people will be intimidated. They will say, oh, here's an American who said it. Well, let's maybe follow his lead. This has made huge uh, impact in missions, in our work back home, and uh, people don't, uh, don't really sit back to assess what just happened. When the first missionaries came, I wanna maybe bring this on the floor. The, they saw Africans who had like two, three wives. And the first thing they did was to tell our grandparents to send out the two other wives. And they have been creating a social uh, problem. Where those women are going to, what are they going to do? So now the, those who went to school and who are reading the Bible, they will tell you, wait a minute. Uh, well, the case of Abraham is not uh, that huge because he had finally three wives, mm -hmm. uh, not at the same time. But right. at one point he had Sarah and uh, Agar on the same roof, uh, talking about David, mm -hmm. had so many wives. Uh, talking about Solomon, this is the worst case. They will say, well, the Jews, tradition on marriage, on polygamy, and what the first missionaries came to tell us to do wasn't right, because we can see that in the Bible, it's written 
even it, it has been said that if you take the second wife, this is what you should do. Mm -hmm. uh, but when they came with European culture, they just said it. You cannot have two wives, period. And they have destroyed the work of the life of so many people, so many families back home. The new generation is not uh, going toward polygamy because of life issues. You know, if you mm -hmm. have two wives, this is a lot of money uh, to bring on the table. Uh, and people are also surprised to see that U.S. culture or Europe culture will stand against polygamy. And at the same time, they will say, hey, you can be okay with gay marriage or same-sex marriage. Meaning they're, meaning they're picking and choosing their ethics that they want to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. I, think, I think going back to one thing you said, I think it's interesting, the idea that whether, whether America tells the world what to do, the world copies America. And I, yes. I, I just started thinking through just adding, even for our youth here, what you do on Instagram, what you do on TikTok, what you do, you don't realize has global <laughs> implications. It's global. Um, and I, I, think, I think that's probably important. That, that adds a layer to the discussion on, on sexuality of, of the way we practice this we don't realize is, is essentially setting the course globally. One thing, yes, I, I will come back to that. One thing that struck me when I came here like a few weeks ago, I didn't really know about TikTok. And I, I was uh, watching stuff and then I, I went on TikTok and I heard my Togo young kids, the way they were talking on TikTok, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't really know my country. Mm. It was, I, I was shocked. And then I saw some uh, pastors who stand in TikTok and say, hey, uh, preaching the gospel. And I said, okay, maybe this is probably a good option for us as a church to not leave that world by himself. We gotta invade that and uh, start putting some word. So I'm learning, truly speaking, how to use TikTok. I am on, uh, on the air, I mean, uh, broadcasting, right. Right. using WhatsApp uh, every day uh, to preach the gospel. And I believe I can also use this venue to spread the gospel. But as I said, I was really shocked to see how our teenagers are copying what they, mm. they are seeing in America. They do things exactly like here. Mm. They will, they will, no, it's, it's, I couldn't believe that this was coming out from their mouth and putting themselves like a prostitute, you know, on, 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 on TikTok. You can go save TikTok now. Not that I'm saying, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna use that. All right, five, five minutes. <clears throat> um, I want to finish with how can we pray for you, family, your ministry, particularly in this area, 
you mentioned a couple. Um, give, give us one exhortation as you've listened um, to Robert, if you've been around us all week. We, we've been talking all week. Give, give us an exhortation about taking what we've heard and implementing it in a gospel way, both in our country and as a global Christian. I don't think I will say more than what I heard, especially last Sunday. Uh, the way uh, we can come with stones to throw it against the, uh, the so-called sinners. Uh, and when Jesus said, uh, he who does not sin, throw the stone first. And you said something so powerful. Uh, I think we need to leave scene of this conversation like uh, accusing and uh, pointing the finger to other people. I will exhort all of us to be filled with the love of God. The way God loves us, the way God loves you, despite who you are, despite who we are, I think to extend this love to other people who are not like us is probably the best thing to do uh, in this culture. And uh, uh, to be judgmental is not going to help. There are things in your own life that God can judge you. And that scene of the the prostitute, the, mm -hmm. the lady that was mm -hmm. doing adultery. I, I, why they did not bring the man who slept with her on the scene? Why, why the man wasn't there? I'm, I'm guessing that some of the people who had stones uh, in their hands probably slept with her. Mm. And we are so quick to judge other people more than we can judge ourselves. May the Lord help us Amen. to humble ourselves before God and to be filled with the love of Christ who loves us beyond what we can even imagine. Amen. So, as I am, I'm loved by God. And he will work things in me and through me. And he's doing that every single day. Okay. What can we pray for uh, you? For please family? pray for uh, the church plant that we got. I was just listening to Calvin who was preaching. Uh, that so God. just, he's mentioned it a couple of times at 3 a.m. This is, this is fascinating, cultural. The, the Muslim call to prayer goes out at 4 a.m. every day. It starts in 85 times a day in all Muslim cultures. He and his team at the very beginning of COVID decided they would wake up at 3 a.m., and they would pray. So that before the Muslims heard their call to prayer, the Christians were hearing their call to prayer. And so at 3 a.m., he sends out, I get it every day at 8 a.m., because that's my time, uh, or no, 11 p.m., our time. Uh, nine minutes on one WhatsApp and nine minutes on another. Him just giving a word from the Psalm, a word uh, theme, a prayer. And it's thousands, literally thousands of Togolese, Congolese, 
uh, Ghanans are listening to this call to repentance and prayer. So that's what he's talking about. So pray for him. He's been doing it two years. Every morning at 3 a.m., he wakes up to do this. Are they able to get that? Well, if they speak French. Oh. Cabier, yeah. You know. you so French speakers among you are if you, welcome. And if you want that, let me know. If, you're, if you speak French, I'm happy to send it to you. Um, we but, thought this was uh, something we'll do for like a week or two. I heard, please, I am a Presbyterian. The Spirit told me, Maclan, <laughs> you've got to wake up. I'm like, okay. So when I started, I thought it would be something for like a uh, hundred people. Now it's thousands. And uh, I got some calls even from Iraq. Mm. Iraq. Hey, Iraq. Iraq. Uh, so while he's here, one of his elders is doing it. Uh, so please pray for that. And uh, uh, the leadership team that is in place, I ask God to really uh, give them strength and you know, connect with the Reformed faith, the Reformed theology, uh, especially with Black, my assistant. And uh, I, I am getting, I look young, but I'm not that young. I started ministry uh, almost 30 years ago, and uh, I'm tired, truly speaking. And I'm like, I need to start withdrawing uh, back myself and let uh, the school, uh, we started with eight kids, now we have almost 300 kids on both sides. Uh, Amana Conference, uh, the, the mission trips and all that. So many things going on on the ground. So please pray for, for the team uh, that are working with us. Okay. And pray for my family because uh, we have been severely under attack. Spiritually, last year, uh, I almost passed away. Uh, I collapsed, and I think this is how people die. I saw my body on the floor, and I was watching the body from above. And I, I, I don't know how this uh, ended up, but I wake up, and I was like, whoa, uh, this is <laughs> God's grace. Yeah, that's whoa. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's, let's close. So tonight, if, if, you, if you're interested, from 6 to 9 at my mother-in-law's house, we're going to have an open house. If you want to come by and visit Macklin, love to have you. Um, just email me. I'll send you the address, but you can drop by anytime you want to come by. And, and, and he would love to tell you that story of him almost dying. I actually saw the spot uh, in August when I was there. Okay, let me pray. I'm going to pray. I'm gonna, this is, you know, this is a, I love having these guys here. They, they mean so much to so many of us. But they are, they are also husbands and fathers raising their children. So I'm going to pray uh, for all the things you mentioned, but I'm also going to pray for your own marriages and, and kids and this and as a, as a microcosm for us as well. Let's pray, and then we need to flip this room around for worship so um, we can do that. Father, thank you for uh, our partnership in Christ, our fellowship in the Spirit. And I thank you for Rose and Macklin, Robert and Abby, and I pray that all that Robert has shared that Abby and Rose and Robert and Macklin would experience in their marriages, that you would grow their erotic love for each other to be a testimony, uh, first to their kids, um, but to the watching world as well, but also so that their joy would increase. Lord, I pray for 
Holt and Charlie and Owen and Henry, that they too would love their, uh, the love that they see in their parents. And I pray that you would work that in those boys. Make them warriors in the cause of righteousness and holiness in the world. And then I pray for Benita and Lily and Grace and Afi and Claude and Basile. I pray that they too would be a light in the darkness there in, in Africa. And I particularly pray for Afi this year as she's longing to be married. I pray that you would preserve her body and she would see it as glorious and she would withhold the sacredness of her body for the man that will love her as Christ loved the church. And I pray for Benita as she enters this new phase of college and life that she too would glory in her femininity and that you would bring in the right time someone who would love her. Lord, give Macklin all he needs to have these conversations with his family. We bless you for these opportunities. And now, Lord, as we um, go from this time out to our day, give us a good Sabbath rest that we may Rest our souls and our minds so that we can labor in the harvest this next week. For those of us that are worshiping now, give us grace to hear from you again. We bless you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.